A reading from Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on, the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Well, the disciples had scattered. The women were in mourning. And the powers and principalities of this world were declaring victory. Jesus had been killed. All the hopes for the kingdom of God, Jesus had been declaring to be near, were killed along with him. Those who had left everything to follow Jesus some three years prior were now gripped with fear and were hiding. Not the women, of course, right? Uh, the women, uh, they were attending to the practical needs of the situation, as the women often do, thank God. And they were going to the tomb to give Jesus his due and to prepare his body in the proper way. They would uh, wrap the body up better than they did on Friday and put some spices out and anoint the body and do some prayers and do some important things uh, along those lines. And as they were going along, they were kind of talking to themselves, oh man, how are we? Because the men have all scattered and are sitting behind closed doors, uh, thumping their chests and ripping clothing, uh, they're wondering, how are we going to get the stone out of the way? And they turn around the corner and lo and behold... Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I love that, I love that Easter falls on April Fool's Day, uh, this year because it seems so appropriate because as the women walk in, they're like, wait a minute, what has just happened? The, the stone is rolled away. Uh, uh, there, the, someone there says, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, but he is not here. He has been raised. Stop looking for him here. Sorry, it was just kidding, right? It's <laughs> just a, a big April Fool's joke, perhaps. But of course, they didn't take it that way. You know, reading the Gospels, if you read all four of them, there is a lot of different reactions to the resurrection at the end of each of the Gospels. Some confusion, some have a lot of doubt, remember Thomas and all of that. Some are filled with elation like Mary at the tomb. But in the case of Mark's gospel, the reaction is one of terror and amazement. The women 
here. They come to the tomb and they're confronted by this young man that we can assume is an angel. The other Gospels explicitly say there was an angel. Luke says there's two. Uh, but Mark here just says a young man dressed in white was there. Uh, we can assume that that's an angel. And the angel says, do not be troubled. And he tells them that to go and tell the disciples that Jesus has been raised. And he points out Jesus who was crucified, who was executed by the state. That Jesus that you thought was dead. No, no. He's been raised. And he will go ahead and meet you in Galilee. Go and tell the disciples what I just told you. And then, the, then they leave, and the women, stricken by fear, say nothing. We're told by Mark, they said nothing out of fear. And then Mark abruptly ends the gospel. Now I know you're following along in the Bible right now, and if you are, you'll see that there are actually, there, if your Bible probably has a couple of there's more verses in uh, most translations. There's, there's actually a short ending and then a long ending. But I want to tell you, those were added much later, probably the second century. And, and not many documents agree with that. The earliest documents we have of Mark end everything right at 8, just like it is. And there's some, I won't get into the technicalities, but there's a lot of debate about that. But I personally think... That, that Mark ended it that way on purpose. And, and so abrupt was this ending that later on in the second century, people were so unsatisfied with it, they, they wrote in some other stuff to make it end better. They, hey, we can do better than this. Let's fix what Mark is doing here. And uh, so they added that. But Mark meant to end it at 8. Why such this abrupt ending? And I think to understand that, we really need to understand the context uh, not only of Jesus' resurrection in Jesus' time, but Mark's context. Who he's writing to and why he's writing this gospel down. Uh, they, Mark lived in a very tumultuous time, likely in the city of Rome. He was away from Jerusalem. But back in Jerusalem, there was a, uh, a, a rebellion was underway and Rome had sent troops to lay siege in Jerusalem and the temple was either going to be destroyed or was destroyed already when Mark was writing, right about 70 AD. And not long before that, in Rome, Nero had started the first persecution of the Christians. So suffice it to say, Mark and his community lived in a time when they were gripped with fear. When it appeared that their entire world was falling apart around them. When they didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow and they were scared. And they had good reason to be scared. Everything was happening. It was a tumultuous time. And so Mark writes, women who came in the face of the resurrection, they were gripped with fear, paralyzed even, with fear. Probably not unlike much of Mark's community. And so, the disciples, when their leader was executed, filled with fear. The women, faced with even the resurrection, filled with fear. And so what does the newly raised Christ want them to do? Return to Galilee. Jesus said, or the, the angel reporting for Jesus, 
<laughs> says, return to Galilee. I will meet you there. In other words, go right back to where you started. Let's go back to the beginning. And if you turn back to Mark 1, it says the beginning of the good news of Jesus of Nazareth. And it is an invitation to start over. Back to the beginning. Back where it all started. In the crucifixion, the powers of this world did their damnedest to squash the kingdom of God in favor of the domination system that was already in place. They didn't want things to change. They wanted everything to stay the way it was. The poor, poor, and the rich, richer. And everyone oppressed. And people having no hope, that puts them people in power like it that way. And they thought that they had it. But then, just kidding. (laughs) You think you had it, but no, you're wrong. Jesus is not dead, and neither is the kingdom of God, nor the hope for transformation, nor grace, nor redemption, nor salvation of the world, nor liberation of the oppressed, nor the healing of the lame. No, none of it is dead. You're wrong. Amen? And the followers of Christ are called to go back where it all started, and to relive the whole thing again, this time in the light of the resurrection. When it all makes sense. If you go and read Mark, and I recommend you do, if you go and read Mark, you'll realize soon that the the disciples, they're a little confused through the entire story. They're, they're lost and confused and dazed, and they seem, it, it's a theme that we call failed discipleship. In the biz. And over and over again, the disciples are an example of what failed discipleship looks like. But now, they're invited to go back and experience all of that again. Only now, it's all going to make sense because they've experienced Christ resurrected. Amen? Go back and continue to heal the sick. Go back. Feed another 5,000. Go back. Confront the religious aristocracy and confront their hypocrisy. Go back and live out. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Go back to the waters of baptism and hear, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. We too, like the disciples on this Resurrection Sunday are invited to go back to where it all started. Go back to a point where you felt God's nurturing and care. Somehow you knew it was real. Somehow you experienced it in a very real way. I know it doesn't always last very long, but go back and remember that feeling. Go back to when your faith was something that you, you cultivated and hung on to and cared for like a, like a beautiful plant or something like that. Go back and rehear the stories of Jesus that draw you closer to God and inspire you to good works. Go back and like the disciples who now see the story through the lens of the resurrection, see it anew with new eyes through the Holy Spirit and the lens of your own experience. You know, some of these stories, we haven't heard them since we were little kids. Is that, isn't that true? Some of them we haven't heard since... 
who thought, whoever thought that the Noah story was a children's story? That is not a children's story. <laughs> Everyone dies. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty rough story. And for some reason we never revisit it when we're adults. We only hear about it when it's, when we're little kids, probably because there's animals involved. Something about that. But, Go back in the light of the resurrection. Hear those stories anew and ask, what is this story trying to tell me about God? Go back and look at these things through a new lens. When you, like the disciples, are gripped with fear, go back and receive the peace that Jesus promises. When you, like the disciples, feel like the world is falling apart, go back and see that there is that, that that is not God's plan. When your world is falling apart and the world around us is falling apart, that's not God's plan for the world. Sometimes that's just the way it happens. Stuff happens. I'm paraphrasing a, a cliche. When you, like the disciples, experience doubt, that's okay. I experience doubt, and I'm a minister. <laughs> when you experience doubt, go back and see the good news of Jesus and see that it stands the test of time. And, you know, once you let go of some of the, the crap that people debate about and argue about, let go of that and hear the truth that stands the test of time when, without all that stuff imposed on the story and just experience the invitation to live fully in the light and love of God. Amen? Amen? Go back and see that the kingdom of God is within our reach. Go back and remind yourself that God says yes when the world tries to say no. Amen? Amen. Go back and heal your own blindness and see anew. Go back and exercise the demons that have plagued us for so long. Those demons that hang on your back. Go back and receive grace and forgiveness and let go of the guilt and the shame that has been strapped to our backs for so long. Go back and join God in what God is doing because there is something amazing out there and there's something amazing about being a part of something that is so vastly bigger than yourself that you can only accomplish it with God's help. Go back and receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit again. Go back and take up your cross daily and follow Him. Go back and once again follow the example of Christ dying to the old self and being resurrected into a new self. Do it yearly. Do it monthly. Do it weekly. Do it daily. Do it every hour if you need to, but experience and embrace that new life that Jesus has promised and Jesus has brought to us in this story of the resurrection. Amen? Amen. This is truly what Easter is about. It is about starting over if you need to start over and moving forward and hanging on to that hope that is found in who Jesus is for you and who Jesus is for the world and how we experience that risen Christ all around us in new and helpful and relevant ways. Go back. And maybe that, maybe that place you go back to is somewhere like First Baptist Church. Maybe it's First Baptist Church. <laughs> uh, but go back 
to that place in your heart where the resurrection of Christ is alive and well. Reacquaint yourself with it, especially because you're going to need it. Amen? You're going to need it. That is what Easter is about. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, God who gives us new life in Christ, God who has shown us the way in Jesus, dying to our old self and being resurrected into a new understanding of ourself in the world, help us to go back, to experience you anew on Easter, on any other day when we need to renew our commitment to you and just embrace a life in communion with you and with each other. For that is the hope of the kingdom of God that Jesus lived for, Jesus died for, and Jesus rose from the dead for. Yes, it's all in the name of the risen Lord. Amen.